Hey everybody, welcome to the Rockpile Talkpile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies official subreddit. I'm Zach, otherwise known as username Zach17. Uh, we got John joining us today. What's and, up, guys? And we got a uh, guest, uh, Dennis. Hi, yeah, I'm also known as Arenado Stubble. Nice. So, um, Jason, unfortunately, is not joining us today. Um, he will be sorely missed, but we'll still use some of the things he's said recently because he's a uh, genius of sorts. <laughs> or just um, a really person who likes to stay up late at night and post things. Yeah, with genius stuff. Um, hey, John. Yes. Can you tell me the initials for Brian Shaw? Uh, I believe they are BS. Oh, yes, that's uh, right. That's that's what we signed. That's a whole bunch of BS. <laughs> I, I'm convinced he's a sleeper agent for the Dodgers because he blew, what was it, last night's game, just like he did a week before in L.A.? Well, he's blowing a, hot more, a whole lot more than just the Dodgers games. Oh, yeah, I know, but it's just like the, I don't know, the parallels are just like killing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were looking for consistency in the bullpen, and we sure got it. <laughs> we did, yeah. I I didn't know it was consistently bad, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think we should start with the uh, stuff that is like you can't blame somebody for this. We know that bullpens are often up and down and hard to predict, and there's things you can't blame somebody for. Right. Um, you know, Chris Russin was amazing last year. He's terrible this year. Yeah, that's depressing. Yeah, as soon as I bought his jersey, he just kind (laughs) of fell off that cliff. (laughs) Burn that. Yeah, bro. It's got some weird witchcraft going on there. (laughs) Weird voodoo. Maybe we do need to, like, sacrifice some, like, goats or something. Maybe. Some yard goats. My dog is about to sacrifice some yard goats to the major league team. Yeah, I think we did that with Pavaleka. (laughs) (laughs) Might be. Um... So you can't blame British for you know Chris Russin because everything was great this year last year and he just can't doesn't have it this year. And then Jake McGee was actually John. You were saying he was our best reliever last That's season here. by Fangraphs weighted runs created or uh, wins above replacement. Uh, he was worth one and a half, which wasn't like tremendous for relievers in general, but still really good for a reliever. Um, and I thought. The Brian Shaw plus McGee, I thought, was the two best signings we made this offseason. I know everybody looks at the Wade Davis signing, but I thought those were the two best signings of the offseason, and uh, that has not done well. Well, well, if did Brian Shaw come? He came from the Indians, right? I'm I'm nascent at this whole baseball yeah. fandom thing, so bear with me. Um, he, if correct me if I'm wrong, but he helped assist them, you know, do the like, longest winning streak ever. Right, mm-hmm. and then he comes over right. to Colorado and does not that. <laughs> well, I it remember Indians that. fans would, would came into our sub and said, "There are times you are going to absolutely love this man, and there are times you're going to absolutely hate this man." Mm. And I feel like we're getting like a seventy thirty of that. <laughs> yeah, um, and I. When they also came in, they said, like, he doesn't give up any home runs, and, or when he does, he's just off. And we weren't expecting that. And I go to Brian Shaw's home runs per nine. Last year at the innings, he was 0.59. Oh, wow. Yeah, would, you you like to, would you like to tell us what it is this year, Zach? I don't. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, it's 2.20. Uh, 
Just uh, a little bit below his uh, strikeout to walk ratio, two point four two. Oh, ouch! Yeah. Um, and the other weird thing is, like when he was at the Indians the previous years, he had a one point oh eight home run per nine, one point one three home run per nine, zero point seven one, zero point four eight. So I apologize when I thought I heard that he was a. Uh, not like that he gave up home runs per nine it's just now he is giving him up well i mean his home run to fly ball ratio is basically 30 percent like 30 percent of his fly balls are going for home runs which is just insane yeah is there uh some luck involved in that you think or i mean the weird part is when i was looking at stuff writing that thing for our sub a lot of his predictive stats are basically right in line with his career averages. His XFIP is similar, his Sierra is similar. Um, he's getting crushed though. I mean, his his hard hit percentage is 35% compared to a 23% for his career. Right. He's giving up less, significantly less soft contact it's yeah. from 28% down to 15. It's, he's not fooling anybody. Yeah. His uh his Babbitt's only is up thirty points, which is which is some, but it's not so crazy that it explain everything. Well, and, and don't also forget those balls in play. Yeah, don't forget home runs don't count in Babbitt. Right, right. <laughs> they don't contribute. So he's got a three forty two Babbitt while giving up a bajillion home runs. <laughs> when I was when I was watching Brian Shaw the other day. I was just watching, like, that's a missed location. That's a missed location. He just isn't locating at all. No. No. And yep. it, it's just a, I mean, it's obvious by just how they just light him up, you know? Uh, like, well, gosh, it was like, what, he replaced, um, what was it, Marquez last, mm-hmm. last night? Marquez. Yeah, Marcus. <laughs> and, uh, you know. It must be less than a millisecond when you say it. Marcus. 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 And it was like, you can just see it coming. It's like, oh, here they're going to light him up, you know? And I just hate how predictive the Rockies baseball has been, you know, and not in a good way, where it's just like you can just see it fucking happening, and it mm-hmm. just sucks. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, at his heat maps, um, you know that whole, like, there's, there's like a big square, and then there's little squares that, the, the closer you go into the very center. Right. And... For a reliever, he throws a lot of balls right in that middle center. Yeah. You're supposed to avoid that. Yeah. I think (laughs) that's that's also known as John Gray syndrome. John Gray syndrome. Uh, We'll get to John Gray in a second. Um, (laughs) There, um, I would assume you'd want to hit, like, you know, your corners maybe. And he has, like, all these 2% of the center, center all over the center and then kind of uh, low and in to left-handed batters and low and away to right-handed batters. But I guess that's because of his slider probably. Well, and low and in to a lot of left-handers is their power spot. Yeah. Especially, of course, you just, like, bring it up. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's – I when I was – when I started travel ball, they tried to get me to do a switch hitting – and the only ball I could hit was that low and inside pitch because it's just a natural motion when you're left-handed. When I did my left-handed swing, that was just my natural motion was to kind of come down and back up. And that low and in was just perfect for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to mention again what we talked about last week is 
Jake McGee had a great year last year. And it's not like you can always predict these things, and it's not like you should, but every odd year Jake McGee has had has been brilliant, and every even year has been terrible. But this, even though it goes back fairly far for that truth to be there, you can't really, you can't really know, and how many people are willing to come back to Coors. Well, and his velocity is down. He was averaging about 95 last year. This year he's averaging about 93, which 2% you might not think is a big difference, or 2 miles per hour, excuse me, you might not think is a big difference, uh, but it, it makes a huge difference when you're dropping anywhere below 95. Even one, even down to 94 is a big difference. Yeah. Dennis, what are your feelings about um, my favorite nickname this year, the Poundsman? <laughs> Pounders? Oh man, Um, I don't know. I think uh, I think given more time, maybe he can become something. Um, I think it's been a little bit sketchy what we've seen. Um, There might be some potential there, but we'll see. I guess Um, I just don't know if there's much room for we'll see. I guess for what's going on right now, you know. Yeah, I mean, Uh, he was a non-roster invitee for a reason, right? And like it's like you know it's just a lot a lot lot like that you know that that absurdly long time with Talkman and when McMahon wasn't producing you know it's like it's like I see what you're doing here but I just don't think that we're in the room to do that right now you know like the like we've said bef- again and again you know the NL West is leaving a door wide open for the Colorado Rockies and again and again we're like nah no thanks we're gonna try this out you know <laughs> let's experiment <laughs> yeah. So Powders wasn't supposed to be a long-term answer, but he's had to be, I guess, with maybe like Estevez injuries and Jairo Diaz never took this step forward after being injured. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jairo Diaz is supposed to child for. Not everyone comes back from Tommy John surgery. Okay. Um, Let's go back to somebody we signed. Uh, Mike Dunn, who was with the Marlins, he used to be decent, the problem with Mike Dunn is he's always been a home run prone reliever mm. ever since he was with the Braves, when he was with the Marlins. Always, always a home run prone guy. And we decided to bring him in to the wonderful Field. place of Coors Field. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we've heard. When From 2012 to 2015 with the Marlins, he had home runs per nine of like basically 0. .6. Then he got to one at 2015. Then skipped up again to 1.06 with the Marlins. Last year with the Rockies, he was 1.43, so there was the big jump. Uh, my problem with Dunn is that he walks people. Yeah, his control also, seems all over the place. Yeah, also much of a concern. Not wasn't a huge concern when they signed him, but mm-hmm. he's he's hovered around 12% for his career, which mm-hmm. is not great. And not now good he's good for a reliever. Yeah, and he's up to twenty percent this year, which is bad. Yeah, do you see the um? They use this other stat in fan graphs called um strikeout percent minus walk percentage. Mm-hmm. Do you see that number? Yeah, it's negative, <laughs> which it's not supposed awful. to be negative. That's awful. That's so bad. I don't know how many people listen to the fan graphs effectively wild, but they always Hi. talk about Brian Mitchell. 
for the pitcher for the Padres who has more walks than strikeouts so far this year. And they, in every episode, they mention how he still has more walks than strikeouts this year. Mm-hmm. And Mike Dunn is our version of that. So, who's also here for what another year? Yep. Yes. 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 Yeah. So now we're up to. So the problem is we got Mike Dunn for another year. We've got Brian Shaw for two more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what Russin's contract is. Still in arbitration. I can't remember yeah. if this is his final year of arbitration or if he has one more year. Right. Um, Pounders is not supposed to be our guy, but he somehow is. And I, I unfortunately, I don't see him sending him down because the only person you can come up, bring up is like Jerry Vasto, who I like for some reason. I mean, we and we can't send Pounders down. I believe he would have to be designated for assignment, put on waivers, which who knows? We might still get him. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if, he, if he's in demand. Um, just quick fact-checking here. Um, this was Russin's first year of arbitration, so he has two more years of arbitration left. Oh. Okay. Um, then we got my other favorite nickname, the Muskrat. Huh. I have enjoyed him to date, um, and that might be just in comparison to the Brian Shaw's and Brooks Pounders and Mike Dunn's and Jake McGee's, but... He's a he's a zero point zero war, you know. Replacement level, baby. Yeah. Huh. Uh, his ERA is actually two point seven. He's got a fifty nine ERA minus, which is forty one percent better than league average. So that's cool. Right. How do you guys totally sustainable? How do you guys feel about how they put him into that seventh yesterday? Well, like, that was crap. <laughs> that was that was terrifying. I mean, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean I'll be honest. I, I kind of just checked out when I got a text and was like, I'm not gonna yeah. watch this now. So the the thing about the muskrat, and then we'll talk about that eighth inning and why we're talking about the bullpen in, in the first place, um, is Harrison Musgrave uh, has never been like the guy who was an eighth round pick. Um, and while his ERA is 2.7, uh, the things that make this very unsustainable is his BABIP of Point one five eight. Ouch. Uh, his ground ball percentage of thirty four point two. Uh, his FIP of four point four and his X FIP of five point four nine. All so, bad. All yeah. bad. So muskrats are not going to be the answer, probably. Probably not. No. Um. Who else is in this bullpen? McGee. Oh. Who? Who else? We talked. Uh, we talked to McGee last episode, I think, uh, and how he's oh, only yeah. good on odd years. But you're right. Scott Oberg's here again. Noberg. Ottavino's still on ten day, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we're just gonna overuse him. Yeah. Oh, I know. Duh. Him and Wade Davis both just. You better hope they have rubber arms right now because we're gonna need them. That's all they have. That's all we have, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So why don't we talk about what happened yesterday? Do we have Saturday to? Saturday game on national television. I blacked it out from my memory. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, we'll just cough really quickly. <laughs> um, the the Rockies um, gave up eight runs in an inning, in the seventh inning. <sighs> yeah. It was... Uh, it was... Um, it was... Uh, it was on national television. So... The whole world got to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so and f- for everybody nice. who was like, oh, maybe we'll have a chance with the Dodgers being not so great, 
this year. Um, the Dodgers have scored double-digit runs both games of this three-game series with the Rockies in town. And that's largely... Um, well, the first game, Tyler Anderson was ineffective. Yeah. Five earned runs. And then he brought in the Poundsman, and he gave up uh, four earned runs without getting a single out. Oof. Just like Mike Dunn last night. Yeah. Just like Mike Dunn. Just like Mike Dunn. So, as we were all, like, saying, like... um. When we get to Jason's quick rundown of this, um, the the issue with the Rockies, aside from the offense being terrible, which you talked about every single podcast, is what happens after the fifth inning. Um, and and um, and let's talk about that. Let's let's do a quick thing on John Gray, and then we'll take a break. John, your thoughts on John Gray? John Gray is a good pitcher. I know. Sounds good. Lot. Done. No. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of Rockies fans. We see it on the sub. I see it on Twitter. Are not feeling John Gray right now, um, and I understand why. A lot of people don't look at or care about predictive stats. They just they're results based, which is fine. I understand that. Uh, but if you look at basically everything surrounding John Gray's result based stats, if you look at his predictive stats, they're all still really good. Yeah. And there's a reason why Fangraph's war is a uses FIP as their base, so it's a predictive war. There's a reason why he leads our team in pitchers' war, and that's because literally everything about John Gray's predictive numbers say this guy is getting super unlucky. I believe he leads the major leagues in BABIP against, which one that sucks. Two, mm-hmm. it it should not be able to last. His yeah. strikeout percentage is up. His walk percentage is down. Um, his ground ball percentage is right in line with where it's supposed to be. His home run to fly ball ratio is slightly up, barely. His FIP and XFIP are actually better than they were last season. It, it's just yeah. John Gray's good, and someday it's going to turn around, and he's going to be really good for us for a stretch of time, and people are going to forget about this. But... For now, everybody hates him, and I feel bad for yeah. John Gray. Yeah, Purple Dinosaur Podcast was saying a similar thing. Like, things should turn around, and sometimes when you're throwing so hard and throwing so well and getting so many strikeouts, with Coors Field being so big, there are a lot of flares. Right. You know. It's just going to happen. And you, Ryan Freemeyer on Twitter, two starts ago for John Gray, charted the hit probability for every hit he gave up and I'm not a huge fan of hit probability because it does not take in um, into count uh, in, how good a fielder is uh, and where the fielder is positioned based on where the ball was the hit coach. to so there was a ball that Gerardo Parra literally took three steps and the hit probability was like 80 some odd percent and I was like well huh. Parra took two steps so yeah it's not a great stat but it does kind of give you a picture of every single one that John Gray gave up of a hit two starts ago was under 50% hit probability. Yeah. What are you going to do? What you're going to do is you're going to take a break with us and we're going to talk <laughs> nice, about nice games from <laughs> 5 to it, 9 after the break. 
And we're back on the Rock Pile Talk Pile. Um, we wanted to give Jason a quick shout out because he did some research about how we only score in one of our innings uh, a lot of the times. And again, it gives you this false sense of security. Um, there's kind of like a longer post about how a lot of the times we only score two of the innings or three of the innings, whereas we rarely score seven innings like or six innings or five innings no consistent offense throughout a game exactly (laughs) a lot of times we'll only score like one or two or three of the innings mostly rarely we score four different innings that's that's not a good offense no and that also kind of tells you like it's not a long lineup yeah that's what's what that tells us i guess usually people bat three or four times and shockingly those are the well, the, the fourth not so much, but the third is the highest percentage that we score. Three well, this innings. is showing that like our producers are only producing at least what like about half the time. There you go. Yeah, or a third of the time. Right. Even if you only score in three runs of a ball game, you're only scoring in a third of the innings. Right. And that would probably be just because DJ Chucker Nolan was at bat <laughs> God. three times. Yeah, and the solo shots. Um, the things that also are worrisome is this gosh darn sixth inning. Um, Dennis, you want to tell us about what the uh, runs scored runs against are on the sixth inning? Oh, that what the Rockies score have only one game where we scored in six innings. Uh, that's true. <laughs> um, also, so in the sixth inning. Uh, the Rockies scored have scored twenty four runs so far this year. Oh, okay. Yep. In the sixth inning, we've also given up fifty six runs. Ooh. So if you can do math on the fly, that's a <laughs> minus thirty two run differential. Math. The seventh inning is also not great. The runs scored are seventeen, and the runs allowed are forty. For a minus twenty three differential. Uh, the eighth gets better because probably because um, Otto was pitching. So runs scored 17, runs allowed is 19. It's a minus two differential. And the ninth is Wade. So you got runs scored is 12, runs allowed is 15 for a yeah. minus three. But in total, from the sixth inning on, we have a minus 60 run differential because our bullpen is actually quite bad. Yeah. And so just putting this into some other perspective, our ERA by in the sixth inning as a team is 8.69 nice our seventh inning era is 6.21 so those two innings are bad the only inning that even comes close to that is the first inning which we all know is also bad so yeah there's that so yeah the bullpen's bad um then john you're saying something about bettis in the sixth too yeah i saw this the other day and it actually is worse than i remembered seeing it Chad Bettis's ERA by inning. I'm just going to list off some numbers. First inning, 8.18. You might think that's his worst inning. You would be wrong. <laughs> Sixth inning ERA, 10.8. 10.8. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the more digits, the worse. Yeah. This isn't golf. It's bad. <laughs> this isn't golf. Episode name. Um, So the other thing about the innings is what we've been noticing recently, I don't know if anybody else has really been following, um, Sergio Romo of the Tampa Bay Rays has been sometimes designated as an opener. Hashtag the opener. Hashtag, hashtag the opener. 
doubles. Mm, doubles. Um, also, the uh, Dodgers used it against us two days ago with left-hander Scott Alexander starting the uh-huh. game and pitching one and a third, and then bringing in uh-huh. that kid making his debut, whose name escapes me, to pitch the rest of the innings, that, the bulk of the rest Pretty of Pretty well, because we don't score in more than one inning most of the time. Yeah, I mean, you can basically sit here and tell me that that's a function of our offense or a function of the opener or a combination of both, and I would agree with all uh, three of those things. Right. Yeah, and we would wonder, like, is the opener super important or something? And so I did some splits. In the first inning, we're actually not the worst team in XFIP. We're the 23rd best or the 7th worst team in XFIP with 4.7. Are we the only team that's worth a dang, though, that, like, below us are teams that are purposely bad? Um, no, actually. Uh-huh. Um, Chicago Cubs are also a bad team in the first inning. Ha! Suck it, Cubs. That's probably a lot of Tyler Chatwood. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, you, if you're just throwing out one guy who can't get the first inning done ever, then that kind of inflates the numbers. Like that Dylan Bundy start for the Orioles <laughs> or Tyler Chatwood walking a million people. Um, but the thing is, we've noticed it's all of our pitchers can't get those... Um, first innings over with nope i uh i usually miss the first inning and it's just it's just the worst <laughs> it's just like okay oh, <laughs> let's see how this is starting off in the second <laughs> yeah we're before. giving up um two home runs per nine in just the first inning <laughs> come on which is um third worst in baseball behind uh, baltimore's and cincinnati's both oh. really bad pitching steps terrible yeah. teams but the weird thing is that the person above us um, is the the Mets in home runs per nine in the first inning. Oh, it's isn't probably that the team Matt with Harvey's like the fault. five aces or whatever. Yeah, well, four now. <laughs> but it kind of comes to the point like maybe we should try something different. Yeah. You know? Do we think maybe hashtag the opener could be a legitimate Rocky strategy? It could be. I, I think mean, it's worth a shot. Adam Adevito said he's willing to do it, so we've got one guy who's okay with doing it. Yeah. And that's Um, our best guy. (laughs) So yesterday night's game, which was terrible, we actually didn't give any runs in the first inning, but the game before that, we gave up two in the first. Um, Didn't end the game before that. Bad example. Okay, so recently, it may not have happened as often as we thought. Nope, then we gave up two on Monday, and we gave up one on last Sunday, and we gave up one on last Saturday, and we gave up uh, two on last Friday. I'm going to keep going until we get another one we don't give up runs. Oh, okay. Last Wednesday. Okay, so (laughs) it happens often, maybe not as often as we thought, but... I mean, our OPS against in the first inning is 9.15, which is MVP-level OPS for a batter. So, bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and I, one interesting thing that happened um, last week against the Reds, I think, is the Rockies had a comeback win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. First of the year, right? Yep. That's sad, but great. Yes, <laughs> it's sad but great because again, going to uh, Jason's post, um, we don't score a lot of runs sixth inning or later, 
And we all know we have a really bad offense, um, but sixth inning to extra innings, our way to runs created plus is the worst in the league. Yay. At 54. Ooh, Whoa. that's Ian Desmond-like. <laughs> Speaking of Ian Desmond. <laughs> Speaking of Ian Desmond. <laughs> yeah. We were all excited because we thought Ian Desmond was finally turning around. And um, I'll give you some actual stats on Ian Desmond real quick. Um, he recently was hitting for an average of 294 with uh, seven runs batted in and um, just was doing a great job. Um, hit a weighted runs created plus of 105, you know, with a great an OPS of 824 um, from uh, May 21st to May 30th. Solid nine days. So why don't we just do a little thing where we do the entire season, and let's see what happens. Those those nine days was his doppelganger Shmi and Schmesmond who. That's <laughs> <laughs> the title. Um, his that's why he doesn't have the mustache anymore. No, exactly. That's Shmi and Schmesmond. Yeah, he's just got. He's actually twins. <laughs> yeah, just know. pops in and slays some runs and stuff, and then disappears for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh. his his season is weighted runs created plus is fifty three. And he's got negative um, weight runs added. Ouch. He's garbage. He's absolute garbage. <laughs> Just because we had, like, two series where things were seeming okay. And those two mean... series were the Reds and the Giants. So let's put Ooh. in Coors, unironically. So let's, let's, let's put this into some perspective here, people. Right. It's, I told everybody, wait until June. It's now true. we're in June. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically uh, Ian Desmond, Chris Davis, and Cole Calhoun are trying to figure out how bad can you be <laughs> for an entire bottom. season before you get right. benched. Cole yeah. Calhoun went on the DL yesterday with no injury listed. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's his, what's <laughs> his average? Going on there. What's Calhoun's average? If we average? did that for the entire team where we kind of narrowed it down from the 23rd to the 31st, the Colorado Rockies were like eighth best in the league. Oh my God. That was also what part of the span where we sat on top of our awesome division for 10 days. Yeah. Oh yeah, we could talk about that too. It's a great testament yeah, to over, how awful people. our division is. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we uh, take the last quick break and we'll talk about the division as a whole. Sure, we can do that. Let's talk about how great this division is let, let, let's talk about how we're going to talk about it and then we'll talk about it on the rock pile okay. talk pile and then we'll get some tacos about it Ooh, tacos tacos apostrophe all right see you guys in a second welcome back to the rock pile talk pile um y'all remember um what was it uh yesterday the second of june yes when the yeah, Colorado Rockies the were first in the division? Ah, uh, like it was yesterday. <laughs> uh, just like it. <laughs> so um, uh, we had this conversation, and people were like, well, how can we be bad if we're first in the division? Because like, <laughs> the rest of the division has been terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, it, when we step outside of our division and we struggle against teams like the Cincinnati Reds, 
that's that's kind of indicative of how bad the whole division is when we well, struggle against the Cincinnati Reds and we're number well, one. Besides, in, in besides last homestand, right? I mean, where we should have swept them, but couldn't get it done. No. The only division that's worse than the NL West is the AL Central, who has three teams purposely bad, and we have one team who's purposely bad. Right. Um, that's the only really division that's worse. This. No. It, and we all thought maybe this was the Dodgers actually giving us a chance, but now they're seven and three in their last ten. Two and a half back, uh, two back of us, two and a half back of Arizona, seven and three in their last ten. Like Zach said, mm-hmm. obviously we know they've won two in a row because they're both against the Rockies. And they're so. going to try to sweep us today, and we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. That's um, awesome. What else really stinks about the Rockies right now is our home record. Mm. Yeah, eleven and fifteen. Yeah. It's not. You got to win at home. We're right now at two games over five hundred, um, with a bullpen that's indicative of being bad and getting worse. An offense that we still haven't changed anything except we brought Brian McMahon up and lost Dave Dahl. Was Dahl injured? Yeah. Glass Dahl. Uh, yeah. I sh- you know, in all of his injuries. Yeah. Okay, so he fouls a ball off of his foot, right. which happens every single day in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Minor League Baseball, Little League Baseball, <laughs> T-ball happens all the time. And David Dahl somehow breaks his foot. <laughs> God. I don't know what happened. He's that. made of glass. He's got, like, he's made of glass. Maybe he's got, like, some kind of genetic disorder of being unlucky. Well, in... Remember a couple years ago, he ran into his teammate in the outfield, which, again, that doesn't happen super often, but happens sometimes. Uh, and usually the worst that... Yeah, usually what happens is the guy gets a concussion, but somehow Dahl's spleen exploded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we feel bad for David Dahl because he was just finally having some power. We finally had some possible platooning with Cuevas, but... Now, oh, yeah. Um, also, Dahl hit a home run with that broken foot, guys. Uh, An opposite field home run with a broken foot. We should just amputate his foot. <laughs> give him a new one. Turn him into a cyborg. We'll like cyborg. Yeah. replace all of his broken parts with good ones. <laughs> yeah. All of his broken parts with not broken parts. <laughs> hey, it's not a performance-enhancing drug if it's still, like, a part of your body. Right, yeah. Yeah. What's the stuff that Wolverine <laughs> has in his bones? Adamantium. Adamantium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Um, looking at our upcoming schedule, the uh, even though today we're playing the Dodgers, and I'm not terribly optimistic about it since our bullpen is not great. You're not? That's surprising. <sighs> I know. Um, we are playing the Reds um, next week, and then the Diamondbacks, and then the Phillies, and then the Rangers. Ooh. Until cool. we hit the Mets on the 18th. So... I mean, the Phillies are not the worst team anymore. They're not as bad as they used to be, but I still am not always afraid of the Phillies these days. Right. I mean, they're still, they've got some young guys who are fun to watch, but Reese Hoskins had a weirder injury than David Dell, where he fouled a ball off his face and broke mm-hmm. his jaw. So that sounds awful. And so he won't play probably in our <laughs> series. Yeah, um, apparently the Phillies were recently scoreless for 20 innings. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So, as much as the Rockies are, again, somehow competitive, um, 
now is a time where you might want to like win some games again since you have the possibility I mean, Fangraphs lists five of our next six games. We have a better than 50% chance of winning. I mean, against Arizona on June 9th, they give us a 60% chance of winning. So that's cool. But the thing is, does that mean you have to change something? You kind of have to change something eventually, but... I mean, what do you do? you call up Jeff Hoffman and Antonio Senzatella and put them in the bullpen? I mean, if you want to win games, I mean, are you sacrificing their large potential? That's that's kind of my question is, are you willing to basically put them in the bullpen, presumably for the rest of the year, because I don't see Brooks Pounders getting any better. Yeah. Uh, do you want to put but, them in the bullpen for the rest of the year in they're not stretched out? So then you, I mean, you maybe, lose that possibility if somebody gets injured. Yeah. You, your starter depth shrinks Peter Lambert's not coming up this year you know Ryan Castellani's not coming up this year Yancy. do you want to do you want to do Yancy's hurt right now you want to mm-hmm. put Sam Howard in the bullpen discount John Gray does he have the hair he looks just like John Gray <laughs> oh my god I don't know that's the the best move to make bullpen wise is Jeff Hoffman and or Antonio Sensatella I just don't know if the organization is willing to do that because they sent Sensatella down to stretch him out. Right. Which has basically cost us a whole bunch of ball games. Well, and we're one of two teams who has had the same starting five start every single game this year. So Yeah, very lucky so far. And we were I, like that last year. I think we had eight starting pitchers last year, which is yeah. was, I think, best or second best in baseball. So that's two years now where our guys aren't getting hurt and you can say they're going to and I would probably agree with you but right. at some point you're bracing for something that's not going to happen Yeah, I think it'll still happen I think you just can't bring both of them up and I think that um, Sensei has been a better I'd trust him more as a bullpen guy than Hoffman because sometimes Hoffman just doesn't have that curve yeah he can get hassled yeah hassled the Hoff Jeff Hoffman's curveball is so good, though. I just sometimes it's not. I I don't know if people have noticed the Mets have this reliever named Seth Lugo, who was a starter. They turned into a reliever who also has a sick curveball. And basically, he comes out of the bullpen and he just throws a ton of curveballs. And he's been really good for the most part this year. Yeah, there was that. There's that effectively wild that says if you're if you're a bullpen guy, throw your best pitch every single time. Yeah, remember, what was it, Lance McCullers in the World Series last year? Yeah. Through like 30-some-odd straight It was beautiful. Balls? It was beautiful. Um, I would think, so, why don't we, because we've got, like, I don't know when the next time we're podcasting, and we basically, we could make, like, a long list of predictions, but I'm I'm sure that they might fall short because we're playing against a lot of teams we should be winning against, but we don't have an offense. So what about, like, maybe some moves that you might want to do? Since we've got, we're trying to win more games. Um, Let's OTP this. <clears throat> uh, I would bring up Sensatella and Hoffman, and I would jettison Brooks Pounders away, and and Muskrat. No, I, yeah, that's a you, good question. You can't, you can't DFA McGee. You can't DFA. No. Um, done. Done yeah, or you can't do done or uh, Russ Center. You got you know, one spot, and that's Powder's spot. 
That's pounder spot and Oberg spot. But Oberg, I always roll. I would always roll with Oberg until he's Noberg. <laughs> How many options? That's, do you that's have scary. Anyway? I think this is Oberg's last option year. Just, just give him the shot until he breaks it. I mean, he's going to be DFA'd sometime next year. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I just that's what's going to happen. He's he's not consistent enough to be on a playoff team, and that's what they fancy themselves as. He's going to be DFA'd next year when he's out of. Even options. though he did have that one great inning uh, last playoff game, he did, and I thought, man, this guy's going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> he lied to me. <laughs> he lied to all of us. Yeah. He lied to me. Um. Then there's the other thing about um, Tony Walters. You know, love papers. Um, even if he's supposed to be John Grace, like personal pitcher, is that what we've been saying, right? I mean, he's he's earning more playing time than just John Gray nowadays. Yeah. Right, but he's not really. John Gray's starts haven't still been that much better. True. And. Um, yeah, kind of hard to say you're the guy's personal catcher who has a 5 ERA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other problem is that he's batting 159. That's a problem. It is. What's his OPS? He seems to get uh, walked. 510. <laughs> yeah. Really bad. It's lower yeah. than that. Even though he hit those home runs. Yeah. Two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one against the Mets was a sweet home run. It was he dope. destroyed it was that thing. I love Tony Walters, but if our offense is bad and it still has been, it's June. And what, what's Tom Murphy doing these days? Does anybody know if Tom Murphy can play first base? I ask him seriously. <laughs> Look at his, like, his OPS. Can someone one... please tell me why we have not tried Tom Murphy at first base? If you, uh, the same. If you as an organization are concerned about his defense behind the plate and you see he can mash... Try him at first base. You're trying Josh Fuentes at first CD. base right now. And Tom Murphy's OPS is 1.055, and Fuentes is 8.54. Yeah, like you're you you're giving starts to Fuentes at first base, presumably to see if he can handle it, and then call him up. Why why aren't you doing that, Tom Murphy? I don't understand. Just, but just Tom Murphy would be so many answers. You know. Um, so I think the first thing maybe we would do is you got to take Pounders out and put Sensei back in. Agreed. Maybe try to win a couple more games just by not blowing them. Right. And maybe you can put Sensei into a more difficult situation than you could, you know, any other person in the bullpen. And you could even go hashtag the opener with Sensitella just going like two innings to start the game rather than one. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. I mean, they're stretching them out. Just make them yeah. Yeah, keep more them stretched. Game. Hashtag the opener him. Um, and then Daniel Castro is still on the team. Uh, why? <laughs> because uh, <laughs> Garrett Hampson is hitting uh, 242. Ooh. And I mean, I don't understand why they put him in AAA. He's only had 24 at-bats in AA. Because they really want him to steal stuff in, tri- in the majors, but he's never going to get there. I mean, I, just, I don't know. It's a right weird now. decision. And then, uh, it's a weird decision that made me question a lot of things in my life. Derek Gibson, who's also a second baseman, only is hitting 275 with an 867 OPS. Um, but at the same time, I think Daniel Castro is the one of the worst batters on the team. But when he was in uh, 
Triple A, he was the best average on the team. Yeah, he had so. a twenty-three game hitting streak before we called him up in Triple A. Uh, I really want to see if maybe we can just replace um, Dahl with Drew Weeks. I know he's not supposed to be anything, but he it still intrigues me. Yeah, you really like this Drew Weeks guy. Well, like I mean, he is uh, having a good year currently, and his middle name is Warren, so. Drew Warren Weeks. That's a good baseball name. That is. Drew Warren. I mean, that OPS is 1.059. And the other thing is it's completely out of line with everything else he's ever done. But... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're make-believe here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, I think at this point, if you're going to try to stay competitive in a division you finally have the chance to do something with, just make some moves. You know, it's their twenty fifth year. If for some reason you're able to get the twenty, doing the like, same the thing division. over and over again is just insane. And I just What's the definition of insanity. Yeah, this is definition of insanity. And just like I just would love for them to just fucking do. Sorry, excuse me, language. Uh, just do something. Good. Excused. Um, okay, so on the forty man roster. Sorry, you keep going. I'll get to this later. Keep going. Sorry, no, I just I could just go on and on and on about how terrible our first baseman is and like that they're not doing anything to like just just in, just anything. Like put Walters on first base. I don't care. Like just try <laughs> something new, you know? Like it's He's so scrappy. He's so scrappy, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it drives me insane where like we just watching our lineup just absolutely shrivel at the bottom, you know, with like what there's like 190 sitting there. Um, and I don't know. I just and then Castro doing some terrible fielding errors. Uh, and yeah, when you said batter six through eight. Yeah. Well, now that DJ's back, I mean, now Rymac's going to be back to like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to play every game. Like, just just put him out there. Right-handed pitchers, put him in now. Yeah. Like, did you seen him um, push the ball? Right. Yes. Oh, so nice. <laughs> All right. Well. Essentially, the Rockies could still be in this if they decide to change something. Well, yep. here's 40-man guys so that we wouldn't have to DFA anyone. Ryan Maltapia, Jonathan Daza, Jordan Patterson, Chris Rabago, Tom Murphy, Jesus Tinoco, Antonio Sensatella, Sam Howard, Jeff Hoffman, Jairo Diaz, Yancy Almonte. Every single person on this 40-man roster should play in the majors this year. Every Jesus Sinoco? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Sinoco. Is he even having like a decent year? I thought he was. Who cares? He can't be any worse than Brooks Pounders. <laughs> Poor Brooks. He had like a good K percentage for a little bit. Um, I mean, Jesus look. is still in uh, Hartford, you know, and has that 5.5 like ERA. I would like you to ask me how ERA. much I care. I don't care. You don't, don't care about Jesus Tinoco being at Hartford with a 5.54 ERA. No, I don't. I, will. <laughs> I just want something different. If he's bad, he's bad. You send him back down. It's not like you, you have to a, DFA has those Tinoco. I don't want a quarter pounder. I want a side of... I was hoping Waffle this was going to be fries related. But <laughs> Waffle fries? Hoffle fries? Hoffle fries. Hoffle fries. Hoffle fries. <laughs> a side of fries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that's making me hungry. So I'm going to get myself a side of Huff Fries. Cool. 
thanks, uh, Dennis, for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me on. This is great. You want to plug your own podcast there, Dennis? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I host a movie review podcast uh, with a couple of friends of mine uh, here in Denver. It's called I Want You to Watch This. You can find it wherever you catch any of your podcasts. Um, yeah, I liken it to uh, the conversation you have uh, when you get out of the movie theater with your friends on your way home. Um, so we spoil all the movies that we review. So heads up. <laughs> nice. Though I'm not going there for any Star Wars because I'm always late to Star Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Star Wars is now late to Star Wars. <laughs> I haven't seen Solo yet. I have like basically been so careful on the internet. Every time like I even see an S, I try to oh, like yeah. peek real quick to make sure I don't see Solo. Yeah. Did you did right you watch the, the seventh? No. Yeah. What is it? Ninth? What eighth, are we on? Ninth, seventh and eighth? eighth? No, eighth? seventh and eighth, and then Rogue One was in between seven and eight, even though it's it's put between. So you did watch seven. Three. Yeah, yeah. I so I it went, basically can't be ruined. I got then seven was actually spoiled for me, and that's when I got careful on the internet. When I learned, hey, the internet's scary. I've watched some bad <laughs> stuff know, on the internet, but getting episode seven spoiled for me was the worst. Well, I'm glad you, you know, finally learned that the internet is scary. Yeah, that's when I, that's when I fully <laughs> realized it. I feel like the when I was like, I sat my kids down. And I said, "Kids, kids, watch out on the internet." <laughs> There's a lot of things out there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like the Rockies should change things, but not go full Star Wars. Where you're like, let's just add a whole bunch of cr- right. stuff. Agree. <laughs> and see if it sticks, and we'll fly solo. <laughs> I feel like. I love Star Wars, so I don't like you bad-mouthing it. But also, so. like, it could have just stopped. I want more. I want episode 10, 11, and 12. I'd, I'd like more anthology. I'd like new characters. I like the world of Star Wars. I think uh, anthology is not used enough in movies. I think what we need is some changes. I think we need, like, you know, an episode 3 change. There you at, go. at the at the major league level, okay, but not like in episode one or two or yeah. Don't go Clone Wars on us. That, no. that's scary. Yeah, unless you can clone Audivino, then go for it. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for the Rock Pile Talk Pile this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week, or whenever it happens. Whenever it happens. Oh, yeah. All right.